Hi, podcast listeners, and welcome to Sandbox Radio Live. This is our summer episode, Gone Fishing, recorded in front of a live audience at Town Hall Seattle on August 26, 2019. It featured writing from Sandboxers Scott Augustin and Elizabeth Heffron, Maggie Lee, a sketch from local comedy veteran Winlar, one of our favorite guests, Lisa Koch, and we finally got her when she was available to come sing for us, Cayman Illica. So sit back, relax, and welcome to Sandbox Radio Gone Fishing, featuring music direction by special guest Michael Ocherok. Sandbox Radio, we'll say all day. Kings, words become things. Sandbox Radio. Sandbox Radio. Sandbox Radio. Sandbox Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Compliment fisherman of 20 years. Hi, Al. And Vern Thomas, whom you'll recognize as a regular on the show. Howdy. Mort, what kind of bait are you going to be using today? Well, I'm going to be using the good old just bought a new shirt approach. Tried and true. You should have good luck with that. Thanks. And Vern, I understand you're going to try out a brand new lure today. Go ahead and tell the good folks what you're going to be using. Thanks, Al. Well, today I'm going to be fishing for compliments by trolling around, speaking poorly of myself, in hopes that someone will contradict me. 
Oh, that sounds great. Oh, I don't know. I doubt I'll have any luck. Oh, nonsense. I bet you catch a ton of compliments today. Oh, thanks. You see? You're getting some action already. I myself will be chumming the waters with, it's my show, and if you ever want to be on it again, you'd better suck up to me royally. I've always had great success with that. You're a fine compliment fisherman, Al. Yes, the best I've ever seen. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, let's get going, shall we? We're burning daylight here. Let's fish for some compliments! So, Vern, do you like my shirt? I just got it. Oh, yes, it's very nice. Oh, a great cast by Mort. He's got a nibble already. You don't think it makes me look fat or goofy? Oh, no, you're hardly fat. No? That's it, Mort. Play with it. You sure it doesn't make me look fat? Mort, come on. You're not fat. You're as thin as the day I met you. Nice. Does it compliment my eyes? Yes, I suppose so. All right now, Mort, haul that sucker in. You know, I take great pride in my appearance. And it pays off, Mort. You're a very attractive man with impeccable fashion sense. <laughs> that was a heck of a compliment there, Mort. Thanks. Let's get a measurement on it. Fourteen words, very impressive. Put up a real good fight, too. <laughs> well, as regular viewers of our show know, it's catch and release only here on Fishing for Compliments, so let's turn that one free. Aww. It's nice of you to say that, Vern, but I'm sure you didn't mean it. And there it goes. <laughs> are you doing over there, Vern? Any bites yet? No, I'm afraid not. Well, keep trying. I'm sure something will hit. No, it won't. Who am I kidding? I suck at this. Oh, hey, buck up there, little camper. You'll do just fine. Oh, I'm terrible. I must be the worst compliment fisherman in the world. I couldn't catch a compliment if it jumped right up in the boat. Oh, now that simply isn't true. Ooh, got a nibble there. You're just trying to pity me. No, no, seriously, I mean it. You're good, Vern. You, you should know that. Stop it. I don't need your pity. That's it, that's it. Work it. Well, it's not pity, Vern. You're a damned fine compliment fisherman. You're lying. You don't mean that. Ooh, watch it. Fine. I'm lying then. You do suck. Happy? <laughs> Oh, gosh darn it, looks like that one got away. Figures. That was looking like a pretty good compliment, too. Oh, well, I guess that's the sport of it, though. If all compliment fishing were shooting ducks in a barrel, then where's the sport, huh? Exactly right, Al. I mean, some people say that using the I have my own show bait isn't sporting. Nonsense, it's great sport the way you fish. You are the quintessential sportsman. And this is the best show around. Am I really that good? Even better. You are the god of compliment fishing shows. You are an incredible sportsman, and your show makes life meaningful for millions of Americans. <laughs> oh, that's a beauty of a compliment, Al. 22 words, and it practically jumped right into the boat. 
just tremendous. Well, of course, staying with our catch and release policy, I'm gonna have to throw that one back. But first, let's get a quick picture of it. And let it go. Thanks, guys. But alas, I'm just a man like yourselves. Look at that swim away. Just like a champ. This way it will be out there for someone else to catch someday. Someone other than me. Oh, come on now, Vern. I don't think that bait is working. Yeah, I'm so stupid. Why am I trying to self-pity bait? Stupid! It's not that bad. Like my whole life, everything I try turns into garbage. My wife left me. I can't hold a job. I can't even catch a lousy compliment. Vern, don't be so hard on yourself. I'm such a pathetic loser. I'm just gonna take this gun to my head and pull the trigger. Vern, no, you have so much to live for. Yeah, like what? You, you, you've got your, your whole life ahead of you, Vern. And what kind of life is that? Well, your life is great, Vern. People love you. Oh, I think he got a bite there. <laughs> Nobody loves me. Well, not true, Vern, not true. Everyone loves you, I love you. You really love me? Yes, in a non-sexual way. No, in a sexual way. A, a, a very sexual way. I, I desire you as all the world's people do. You're a cherub, a god. You have more to live for than any other person who has ever walked the face of the earth. Better get the net. You are walking desire and grace. You are the sun and the moon and the stars. Now on top of that, you are the greatest compliment fisherman the world has ever known. You really mean that? Yes! Thanks! Oh my goodness! Let's get a measurement here. Sixty-two words! That's a definite record. That's some great compliment fishing if I've ever seen it. Well, it's easy if you've got the right bait. <laughs> well, it looks like that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for more Fishing for Compliments with Al Stevens. Until then, this is Al Stevens saying, did you like that show? Yeah! It wasn't too long, was it? Are you sure? sponsor. Hi Madge, how's life? Hello Barbara. If you really want to know, life has sure got me stressed out right now. I'm thousands of dollars in debt, I need a root canal, and I have road rage. I used to be just like you Madge, stressed and depressed about every little thing, but none of that bothers me anymore. Really? What's your secret? I just don't give a rat's ass. You don't? Not anymore, because I take Shuckatal. 
Shakitol? What's that? A serotonin reuptake inhibitor with just a touch of Thorazine. It helps me get through every day without the pesky anxiety and agitation. How does it work? No one's really sure, but does it matter? I guess not. You look like you don't have a care in the world. I don't. And trust me, my life is crashing around me. My husband left me, my kids are in foster homes, and I just filed for bankruptcy. You must feel horrible. Nope. I don't feel anything. Wow. How do I get my own shuck it all? Any quack can prescribe it, but you can pick it up across the border for just loonies. This sounds too good to be true. Oh, it is. Shuckatol is a product of Shady Pharmaceuticals and is not fully approved by the FDA. This product may cause hypertension, hyperactivity, shortness of breath, insomnia, and irregular heartbeat. Also, blindness, vomiting, constipation, and rectal bleeding. May also cause disorientation, apathy, hair loss, loss of appetite, loss of income, and loss of home. Oh, may also cause lung cancer and laboratory rats. <laughs> on some scripts for the show, but you weren't around. Oh, yes, I know. I'm sorry about that, but I had a very important meeting with some money people for fundraising about our show. Uh-huh. I'll tell you why I can't find you. That's because every time I come home, you've gone fishing. Yeah, well, how do you know? There's a sign upon the door. Uh-huh. Gone fishing. I'm real gone, Leslie. You ain't working anymore. Could be. There's our mower in the sun where you left the lawn half done. You say mowing ain't no fun. Now I can prove that. You ain't got no ambition. No ambition. By a shady, weighty pool. Shangri-La, Green Lake. Your kind of fool. Shall I twist your arm? I'll say no more work for mine. Welcome to the club. On my door, I'll hang a sign. What's it say? Gone fishing instead of just fishing. So maybe. Yeah, honey. I got home the other day, and you weren't home. You weren't home either. Well, I'm a busy woman. I got a lot of stuff to do. I was probably down here at Town Hall getting ready for this show. Oh, come on, sweetheart. You weren't getting ready for the show. You'd gone fishing. There's a sign upon your door. Don't tell anybody. Gone fishing. I'm trying to keep it on the down low. 
you ain't working anymore. Cows need milking in the barn. But you just don't give a darn. You just never seem to learn. That's all. You ain't got no ambition. Nope. Gone fishing. Got your kitty by your side. That's Gone fishing. Please on the bike and his behind. Folks won't find us now because Richard Three and Leslie Law. We're gone fishing. Instead of fishing, how about da Sendbox Radio is supported in part by West of Lenin, an 88-seat black box theater gallery and studio space located in heart of Fremont, just a five-minute walk west from the Lenin statue. <laughs> Atlichna, that's me. West of Lenin was created to offer a venue for Seattle's most interesting and adventurous artists as well as the reestablishment of a permanent live performance venue in Fremont. Opening September 13th, see Bloodwater Paint from West of Lenin's new resident company, Matcha Theatre Works. Get venue and ticket information at westoflenin.com. <laughs> Did you see that Gail Quimbley put up a GoFundMe for a divorce? <laughs> it's right there on the Facebook. Oh, that's tacky, isn't it? Like the old song goes, anything goes. <laughs> I had no idea Gail and Stuart were on the proverbial rocks. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The evidence was right there on Front Street. Oh, do tell. Catch of the Day by Scott Augustson. Well... She was spotted at Vios wearing mismatched shoes. Oh, I've seen her do that. I thought it was a fashion thing. <gasps> oh, no. That is not a thing. It's a cry for help. I, I guess I was so preoccupied with my cancer, I didn't stop and think. <laughs> oh, and the other red flag was Stuart's Instagram account. What? But all Stuart posts are model planes and boats. Exactly. Now that is a thing. Like secret code? Google, Google it. Hang on. Beep, boop, boop. Why do you make that noise? It's my robot noise. It's cute. Okay, search for model boats and planes. <gasps> oh, holy shit. Stuart is into this scene? Technically, it's not a scene. It's, it's a sub subculture. Uh, I did not know the human body could do that. You sure this isn't Photoshop? I wish it was Photoshop. Escape, 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 escape. What I wonder is, why men put 
fishing pictures on their Tinder profile. How do you know what men put on their Tinder profiles? You're a married woman. Oh, honey. I've had one foot out the door for years. If it weren't for Buck's amnesia and my taste for fine coach leather goods, I'd be gone like the midnight train to Georgia. Let's circle back to men posting fish pictures. Can you show me? Sure. Beep, boop, bop. Please do not mock me to my face. Wait until my back is turned. Okay. Here is Andy from Terre Haute. Hi. Ask him whatever you want, but let me fill you in on his backstory. Andy's wife has been in a coma for 11 years. That poor man. It's okay. She was in a coma when they met. Oh, that does not sound right. Relax. Andy was in a coma too. It's what drew them together. But he's awake now? You can't fish for Big Mouth when you're in a coma. (laughs) Hey, Andy, it's Mitzi's friend, Annie June. I'm wearing my hair pulled back and a skirt that goes well below my knees. Hey, Annie June, nice to finally meet a modest woman. I'm not one of those anything goes kind of guys. Tell me a little about yourself, comrade. Well, I'm a Pisces with mousy brown hair. I'm happily married, but find happiness elusive at best. When I was seven, my parents left me at a dry goods store. No, not dry goods. A Dairy Queen in El Paso, Texas. I've never understood the point of duty-free shopping or why people get so excited about tap dancing. But I wanted to ask you why men post fishing pictures on dating websites. It's because you want to look all butch and manly and the fish is your penis. (laughs) Metaphorically. Oh, hey, Mitzi. That's a nice bass you have. The phallic metaphor is a good call, but a bit of a red herring. (laughs) There's more going on on a neo-Jungian level. In fact, that's the first thing about a fish. It invites you to look below the surface. Oh, it's like the Welsh existentialist Llewellyn B. Lewis said, when the brown trout fights the river, nobody wins that battle. Beautiful. Probably loses something in translation. The other day, my buddy Wayne posted a picture of himself holding two nearly identical wiffle ball perch, one in each hand. See? What does he mean by such a stunt? Why would he hold two such similar fish? Let's ask him. Why, Wayne? Why? (laughs) I thought that might catch someone's eye. It was my way of introducing the concept of free will to the online conversation. I was saying, colon, you may choose between these fish, but so what? One fish is just like the other. There's just not plenty of fish in the sea. There's plenty of the same fish in the sea. Stop agonizing over opinions that aren't really opinions. Just choose the closest fish. That is a weird opening line. You think that's weird? Take a look at Fred's flounder. (gasps) Oh. What's so weird about my flounder? It's a pun. 
Puns get a bad rap. Puns are an amazing clue to how we store words in our brains. I wanted to put people at ease. We're all just floundering, and it's okay. Let's flounder together. Why not talk about Carl's carp? <laughs> Carl here, gonna tell you about my carp. Carp are an extremely invasive species here in North America, and that is the awful, terrible, relentless nature of life. It finds and tramples all that is pristine in this fragile world. If nature has a beauty, it is a cruel and messy beauty. That's what my carp says. Overrun me, invade my unsuspecting waters, make me your new territory. We are certainly being schooled today. I'm feeling like I am expected to make a catfish reference. But catfishing is a slang term for internet deception, and I don't think I've ever encountered such naked honesty from people on the internet. I thought I had a happy marriage, but meeting these fine anglers, I'm ready to don a pair of waders and bait a hook or two. Annie June. Annie June? Yes, Andy? I'm not just a creek and stream fella. I've done deep water. <laughs> Andy, or Andrew, if I may call you that, can you hold the phone a minute? I would wait a lonely lifetime for you. <laughs> Mitzi. Annie June. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Depends. Are you thinking about denim culottes and fresh lingonberry gelato? A swan boat, a carousel spinning madly round and round, the days of our lives falling like autumn leaves, the sad plight of circus animals, the perfect spiral of a snail shell? No. I was thinking about these fishing fellows, that they're being used by mysterious, powerful forces beyond their imagination. They think they're sending out messages to women looking for romance, but I think they are not in control. Are you saying they are but tools? No, not but tools, just tools. <laughs> Who uses these rubes as tools? I think the message comes from deep, deep in the past. <gasps> from the days when burlap granny dresses were all the rage? No! 365 million years ago. Are we talking the late Devonian period? Yes! When fish first left the sea! <gasps> you think an extinct Acanthostega, one of the first land vertebrates, is trying to tell us something? And what's so weird about that? An acanthostega! In the flesh. Well, not the flesh. In the fossil. Is that a thing? You've been sending a message to all the single ladies. All the single ladies, yes, I have been. Am I right that you might be receptive to a little shout-out from the depths of prehistory? Lay it on us, sister. When I first crawled out of the ocean into a brand new world, I won't lie to you, it was tough. Giving up gills for lungs felt wrong. Fins that used to glide effortlessly through the water now had to bear weight and trudge on land. I almost quit and went back. But if I hadn't kept going, 
there would today be no feathery birds nor furry mammals. Thank you for your perseverance. I look at you and see women sick of swimming. Amen. Amen. Listen, take my metamorphosis as a lesson. Change is coming, coming fast and hard. You ain't gonna recognize the world around you. Like I gave up water for air. Be ready to adapt. Be nimble. Be strong. You are one intense fossil. I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> Arrivederci. Oh. Oh. Ciao. <laughs> ah, well, that was a bombshell. I'm going to need a minute to let all that sink in. I'm going to need more than a minute. I'm going to need a pineapple, bacon, rosemary, frozen yogurt from an unlicensed one Yelp star pop-up operating out of the back of a beat-up old Buick. Where are we going to find that? I'm going to goober it. Oh. Can we make the robot noise together? Let's do it. Beep, boop,
Dave Marriott on the trombone. Sponsor. Rachel, I'm home. What's for dinner? Oi, Manny, such a day I had. I wish we could go out to a nice dinner, but there are no kosher restaurants for miles. Wait a minute, Rachel. I got a coupon in my pocket for a new place around the corner. It's affordable, comfortable, and kosher. Sounds great. What is this place? Shlomo Sushi Shtetl. <laughs> Sushi? What, are you my sugar? That's unclean. No, Rabbi Chaim Tagasaki is on hand <laughs> to give the blessing to Chef Ben Benihana. I don't know, it's raw fish. What do you want, bait? Shlomo cooks it. I'll get my purse. Shlomo Sushi Shtetl, open every day but Shabbos and High Holy Days. So come on in for California gefilte fish roll and sauerkraut nigiri. <laughs> Shlomo Sushi Shtetl. Domo Arigato. Oi, that's good sushi. I was thinking, you know, in these, uh, these weird times right now, uh, I thought I'd do a little, little women's health care medley. Um, <laughs> keeping Planned Parenthood in mind because we are now the support of Planned Parenthood. All of you fine folks out here make sure and make donations. Uh, but uh, years ago, I was, uh, I was writing a, I was, got hired to do a, it was a Planned Parenthood uh, conference, I think, or a women's health care conference. And I was putting the songs together and I thought, you know, I don't think a theme song exists for women's health care. I hadn't ever heard one. So I thought, well, by God, I'm just gonna write that. And so I put a little medley of songs together and it went over well. And I took, took it back to Peggy Platt, my comedy partner, and we actually wrote a sketch about it. And we thought, wouldn't it be nice if uh, when you went to your yearly checkups that it was more like entertainment, <laughs> that you look forward to going? And so we came up with something that could probably exist here in Seattle called the Waiting Womb Full-Service full Women's Health Clinic Juice Bar and Cabaret. <laughs> and I played a, a very uh, a perky character named Nurse Julie. Uh, Nurse Julie would greet people at the door. Hi, Nurse Julie, at your cervix. <laughs> Dilated to meet you. <laughs> And then Nurse Julie did this song. Hey, little girl, put your feet in the stirrups. Time for that yearly exam. Hey, little girl, slam your jugs in a car door. That's called a mammogram. For wives and lovers, Checkups too. Once a year, pin a cup and poopy do. Cause I love you. Bring it down. I gave my breasts a checkup without no clothes. 
I did it in the shower upon my toes. I searched for lumps and bumps in a monthly pose. I gave my breasts a checkup. I touch and go. Here's an old favorite. Well, my legs are spread. I'm wearing a frown. I'm covered in this paper gown Lying on a bed of stainless steel Now the door it opens, I'm in the buff A draft comes in and chills my Already I hear latex as you kneel so probe me and feel my glance Oh dear God, please warm your hands Make it quick, don't tell me what you see Cause my pelvis is practically numb Bring on your lousy speculum Oh God I have to pee. <laughs> Guys, you doing okay? Everybody all right? <laughs> one more, one more. M is for the way you're, you're mashing me. A is a cup size that I long to be. Mmm is the sound I make when you're crushing me between those plates and what I yell when my nuts get flat as a dollar bill Now, a mammogram, we do it once a year If you're, you're over 40, whip off your brassiere Hey, for the love of Pete, put your melons on that cookie sheet Now, a mammogram for me and a breast exam for me And a hooter slam for me Salamasond, Yertle the Turtle was king of the pond. Yertle! Thank you, Majesty! King Yertle! Yertle! Hi, boss! A nice little pond. It was clean. It was neat. Everybody was warm. There was plenty to eat. The turtles had everything turtles might need. 
And they were all happy, quite happy indeed. <laughs> they were... Until Yertle, the king of them all, decided the kingdom he ruled was too small. I'm ruler, said Yertle, of all that I see, but I don't see enough. That's the trouble with me. With this stone for a throne, I look down on my pond, but I cannot look down on the places beyond. This throne that I sit on is too, too low down. It ought to be higher. He said with a frown. If I could sit high, how much greater I'd be. What a king! I'd be ruler of all that I see. So, Yertle, the turtle king, lifted his hand and Yertle, the turtle king, gave a command. He ordered nine turtles to swim to his stone, and using these turtles, he built a new throne. He made each turtle stand on another one's back. And he piled them all up in a nine turtle stack. And then Yertle climbed up. He sat down on the pile. What a wonderful view! He could see most a mile. Oh, mine! Yertle cried. Oh, the things I now rule! I'm the king of a cow! I'm the king of a mule! Yay! King of a house. And what's more beyond that, I'm the king of a blueberry bush and a cat. Yay, Yertle. I'm Yertle the turtle. Oh, marvelous me. For I am the ruler of all that I see. And all through the morning, he sat up there high, saying over and over, what a great king am I! Until along about noon, then he heard a faint sigh. <sighs> What's that? Snapped the king as he looked down the stack, and he saw at the bottom a turtle named Mac. Just a part of his throne, and this plain little turtle looked up and he said, Beg your pardon, King Yertle. I've pains in my back and my shoulders and knees. How long must we stand here? Your Majesty, please. Silence! The king of the turtles barked back. My king, and you're only a turtle named... Uh, Mac. You stay in your place while I sit here and rule. I'm the king of a cow. I'm the king of a mule. I'm the king of a house and a bush and a cat. But that isn't all. I'll do better than that. My throne shall be higher! His royal voice thundered. So pile up more, turtles! I want about 200. Turtles! More turtles! He bellowed and brayed, and the turtles way down in the pond were afraid. 
they trembled. They shook. But they came. They obeyed. From all over the pond, they came swimming by dozens, whole families of turtles with uncles and cousins, and all of them stepped on the head of poor Mac. One after another, they climbed up the stack. Then, Yertle the turtle, was perched up so high, he could see 40 miles from his throne in the sky. Hooray! Shouted Yertle. I'm the king of the trees! I'm the king of the birds! I'm king of the bees! I'm king of the butterflies! King of the air! <laughs> Me with a throne! What a wonderful chair! I'm Yertle the turtle, a marvelous me, for I am the ruler of all that I see. Then again, from below, in the great heavy stack came a groan from that plain little turtle named Mac. Your Majesty, please, I don't like to complain. But down here below, we are feeling great pain. That's right. I know, up on top, you are seeing great sights. But down here at the bottom, we too should have rights. We turtles can't stand it. Our shells will all crack. Besides, we need food. We are starving. Groaned. the mighty King Yertle. You've no right to talk to the world's highest turtle. I rule from the clouds, over land, over sea. There's nothing, no nothing, that's higher than me. But while he was shouting, he saw with surprise that the moon of the evening was starting to rise. Up over his head in the darkening skies. What's that? snorted Yertle. Say, what is that thing that dares to be higher than Yertle the king? I shall not allow it. I'll go higher still. I'll build my throne higher. I can and I will. I'll call some more turtles. I'll stack them to heaven. I'm about 5,607. But as Yertle the Turtle King lifted his hand and started to order and give the command, that plain little turtle below in the stack, that plain little turtle whose name was just Mac, decided he'd taken enough, and he had. And that plain little lad got a little mad. And that plain little Mac did a plain little thing. He burped. <coughs> and his burp shook the throne of the king. Whoop. 
turtle, the king of the trees, the king of the air, and the birds and the bees. The king of a house and a cow and a mule. Well, that was the end of the turtle king's rule. <gasps> For Yerkel, the king of all Salamasan, fell off his high throne and fell plunk in the pond. And today, the great Yertle, that marvelous he, is king of the mud. That is all he can see. And the turtles, of course, all the turtles are free. As turtles and maybe all creatures should be. You're listening to Sandbox Radio. Subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. If you're in the Seattle area, please join us back here at Town Hall on Sunday, October 13th for everyone's favorite show of the year, the Halloween episode. Sandbox Radio Witch Hunt will feature the return of our original music director, Jose Juicy Gonzalez. Additional music from the fabulous Ed Key and Teresa Holmes. A poem from Damon Arendell. And of course, the Sandbox Radio players performing tons of deliciously spooky sound effects. Tickets on sale now at brownpapertickets.com. Now, back to Gone Fishing. Welcome to Sandbox Radio's Vermin Notes. The program dedicated to revealing the delightfully vile world around you. On today's program, we'll be talking about the backyard chicken. In the Seattle area, it all began in the late 1980s. Giddy young up-and-comers began keeping domestic fowl in their gardens. It was all the rage to have a handful of layers in a coop out back. It was their way of saying, we're urban, but with a dash of country chic. We brought the barnyard to Ballard. But then, as the beautiful, witty, fashionable couples entered their mid-thirties, they began, as nature intended, to divorce at an alarming rate. And nobody wanted custody of the feather babies. And so Seattle became overrun with nasty feral chickens. (laughs) A street chicken loves to make her nest of human hair. She'll pluck you bald if she finds you sleeping. Keep those windows closed at night. Urban chickens are usually infested with wriggling wingworm. You'll never stop itching if you touch one. 
Due to their diet of discarded oily rags and quinoa salad, their eggs are tremendously toxic. Eating just one will cause complete organ failure, resulting in a slow, agonizing death. Bok, bok, come on. What normal animal says bok, bok? But as infectious and violent as a chicken can be, their real danger is not physical, but psychological. Mm. A chicken's most devastating power is that she knows your weakness. Let's watch some chickens in action. Uh, hey, Sharon. Stay back, chicken. I've got pepper spray and I'm not afraid to use it. Wow, Sharon. Uh, looks like you never quite got over the fact that your parents liked your sister better than they liked you. <laughs> that is not true. Okay, uh, I'll take your word for it. It's just that... Chrissy had the asthma. Mm -hmm. It was medical. Oh. They needed to spend more time with her. Sure. Taking her to the doctor was more important than my swim meets. Whatever. It's not that they loved her more. <laughs> hey, Carl. Hey, chicken. Well, congratulations on your big promotion. Thanks, bird. How's it feel to be a executive? Well, regional manager isn't quite executive level, but it's a stepping stone. What happened to your dreams, Carl? <laughs> what? Your dreams. Uh, I'm not... <laughs> You're wasting your time, chicken. <laughs> See, I know I'm a loser. More than a loser, a big fuck-up. I'm dull, I'm abrasive, I'm morose. I'll probably die alone. I have stared into the abyss, chicken. I doubt you could make it worse. Well, Lindsay, I guess it's time for plan B. What? A chainsaw? Well, that makes no sense. That's right, chickens will chase you with a chainsaw. A charging chicken just won't quit. <laughs> Until next time, this has been Sandbox Radio's Vermin Notes. The show that focuses on the filthy creatures who share our world. Excuse me, can you tell me where I can find wrapping paper? No. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you work here? Duh, look at my stupid smock. Great, then maybe you could... No way. All I need is... Not gonna happen. Well, can you point me in the direction of... I'm on my brain. 
Is there somebody else who can help me? <laughs> That's funny. Lady, this is careless drugs. I could give a shit. Visit Careless Drugs for all your shopping needs. You'll find the surliest staff, the longest lines, and the worst service on the planet. How do you think we keep our prices so darn low? So if you need a prescription filled quickly, go somewhere else. But if you want something cheap and you're willing to give up an afternoon, come to Careless Drug. Or don't. Because frankly, we could care less. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Ochoro.
Aguilotero. That is Dave Marriott on trombone, Dave Pascal on bass, and that was Chris Monroe on the drums. by Elizabeth Heffron. Maxine Rutt-Walleye hated her name. Maxine Rutt-Walleye. <laughs> the man who had given her the walleye part was long since gone. Donald A. Walleye, expert on suction devices and top salesperson for the Suck It Up Corporation. Here's my card. You may need it someday. A secretly married Mormon bigamist, <laughs> Donald had come clean one morning while Maxine was serving him kippers and eggs. She hadn't meant to get kippers. She'd gone to the store for the Jimmy Deans and she wasn't paying attention. These aren't sausages. What the hell are these little buggers? Oh well. Psst. Something about the foreign and oily smell of those sizzling kippers triggered in Donald Walleye a powerful remembrance of Snipe and God's Wrath and a childhood game that he'd played back in Provo that was just a teeny bit nasty. <laughs> What's that smell? Some kind of mini fish I bought by mistake. You want your egg scrambled? What the hell's the matter? They're just weird little fish. Then, into a convulsing and pathetic avalanche of confession, Donald tumbled. Uh, I married Maxine! I know you are, dumb shit, five years now. No, I mean I was already married when we got married! What?! Over those kippers and eggs, Donald revealed that he had a true wife and eight handsome Mormon children who, as it turns out, were rising Disney child stars. <laughs> they would upload acapella musical theater numbers for him on their personal YouTube channel while he was out on the road. Listen. It's a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life for us. Aren't they something? Yeah, they're something. Get out. Now, Maxine. Out! <laughs> Although, it had been three years since Donald Walleye folded up his Mormon underwear and slunk out of her life. <laughs> Maxine was still not able to get his contribution to her last name removed due to uh, perennial cash flow problems and a fear of paperwork. This caused her unending misery, especially on her it's just lunch dates. <laughs> So, the matchmaker tells me you're newly bisexual? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, you know? <laughs> Can't get any worse. <laughs> and I noticed on your form, it says you're sensitive about your last name? Uh, that's what it says, yes. Rut Walleye. Which part are you sensitive about? You can't tell? Rut? No. Oh. Ah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> 
Don't do it. I'm like, I bet after three days, both you and your name start to stink, huh? Ah! And on a follow-up date with this same individual. Well, I'm surprised you called me. Look, the way you threw that table was dangerous, but very stimulating. What do you want, Gina? I want to apologize, okay? Set things straight. We're not dating. Oh, no, I know. But I wanted to give you this. What is that? It's a fishing pole. In that moment, Maxine knew she had encountered her heart. Her real partner. The tall drink of water she'd been waiting for all her life. A fishing pole. It's a present. I felt bad about that joke. I know what it's like to be saddled with something embarrassing. I'm double-jointed. You are? Yes, I am. But you won't be experiencing any of that awesomeness, because we're not dating. Oh. I just wanted to give you the pole. What am I supposed to do with it? It's not that hard. You'll think of something. Hmm. Maxime lifted the pole. It felt heavy, solid, yet surprisingly enticing. (laughs) She unlocked the reel and tentatively cast out towards the waiter in tan espadrilles, (laughs) lifting a shrimp burrito right off his serving tray. Awesome. Thanks, Gina. You're welcome. Figured you might as well lean into your name situation, right? (laughs) Don't throw the table! Don't throw the table! But Maxine did throw the table. As, As Gina secretly hoped she might. You have got some serious upper body strength. Thanks. Have a good life, Maxine. You too. Gina left with a little double-jointed flip of her wrist. Ooh. (laughs) Maxine took the fishing pole home to her tiny apartment. She studied the miracle of design and all its components. Pen battle two, spinning rod and reel. She googled her pole. Robust, full-metal fishing reel combined with an ultra-responsive rod gives you a potent combination of strength and sensitivity. Mm. Each component carefully crafted to help you land your catch. Ooh, nice. I'm in. And Maxine was in. Once she picked up that pole, it never left her side. Uh, She practiced day and night, placing a rubber ducky in her toilet, and then moving as far back as she could and casting out. She loved casting. She loved the whole idea of casting, sending a tendril out into the world on a wild hope and seeing what you reeled back in. After several tries... She hooked the rubber ducky. On the next cast, the hook sank further down the toilet and she snagged several globs of old Tampax. (laughs) And finally, her old hairbrush. 
Oh, I was wondering where that went. Unwilling to separate from her new friend, Maxine carried the pole to her scheduled dermatology appointment. Normally, I ask people to leave their fishing poles in the waiting room. Ha ha! But since your name is Rut Walleye... As all the tables in the doctor's office were secured to the floor, Maxine was not able to throw a table. So she waited, and while the doctor was checking her back for any remaining signs of psoriasis, Maxine quietly snagged a prescription pad and an excellent pair of reading glasses. Next stop, Westlake Station. On the light rail. That's one massive fishing pole you got there. Thank you. Spider wire super line. Braided, with no monofilament backing? Yep. Wish I had a pole like that. I'll bet you do. Hey, let me see you snag that kid's backpack. Whizz! Hey, lady! Sweet. It was when Maxine and her pole showed up at her customer service job that life's oppositional forces began to cast their own weight. City Light, Complaints and General Suggestions Department, how can I help you? Uh-huh. Hey, Maxine, that's my coffee cup. Give it back. Uh-huh. Did you try turning the light switch off and then on again? Whoa, that's my spider plant. What the hell? Look, sir, I'm sorry your lights are out, but that's what we call a technical issue. And we can't do anything about technical issues until someone comes out and checks your box. Well, let's see. Oh, we've got an opening in five weeks. That's my cancer wig. Oh, my God, Maxine, what is wrong with you? Maxine had no clue what was wrong with her. Had she always been a closeted angler kleptomaniac? Or did the brazen nature of this ancient tool finally give Maxine the conviction to shout, This world has sucked the very soul out of me, and now I feel like taking shit back! (laughs) Sorry about your cancer wig, Renee. It's okay. Maxine, can I see you in my office? Now... What's up, boss? I see you've applied to HR for your pole to become your support animal. Yes. Your fishing pole is not a support animal. That's a matter of opinion. (laughs) Of course, someone with a name like Walleye might think otherwise. (laughs) Now you've made the pole mad. As Maxine and her pole cast friskily about her boss's office, picking up post-its and scissors and bottles of leave and flinging them out the window... Hey, stop there right now! Who should burst into the supervisor's inner sanctum but... Donald A. Walleye and his eight Mormon children. You're never fully dressed without a smile. And his true wife. Hi. I'm Trudy. Donald, what are you doing here? Your girlfriend, Gina, found me on the purple web. 
What's the purple web? The Mormon version of the dark web. <laughs> She's not my girlfriend. Well, whatever. She convinced me that I needed to suck it up and help you free yourself from your hyphenated existence. Look, if all you walleyes are not out of my office in 30 seconds, I'm calling security. Maxine, put the iPad down. Thus, with the help of her bigamist ex-husband, his eight handsome Mormon children... Tomorrow, tomorrow. And his true wife. Hi, I'm Trudy. Maxine Rutt Walleye once again became. Maxine Rutt. Maxine Rutt. Maxine's Mormon sponsors even helped her quit City Light and open up a bait and tackle shop at Point No Point. Where, after the day was done, she'd close up shop and wander down to the shore with her trusty pole. Oh. Ah. Hi. Hey. What are you using for bait? I'm partial to kippers. <laughs> How have you been, Maxine? Good. Are you a rut now? <laughs> I am. Thanks for that, Gina. No problem. And so, with buzz, bait, and bobbers, and lures, and a number of interesting plugs, it, it felt to Maxine that a new life had just begun. How are those wrists? Mighty flexible. Can I show you sometime? Mm, maybe I'll go with yes. Cool. from our sponsor. Nice car, Trish. How do you afford a Beamer on your salary from Burger World? Oh, Heath, I quit my job as the French fry girl months ago. Now I'm FEMA director. FEMA director? <laughs> FEMA director? Doesn't that take on-the-job experience and years of training? Not anymore. I went to Bryden College. Six weeks and I was out. Bryden? Isn't that the place I got my useless massage therapy degree? No, this is their new school, Bryden School of Bureaucracy and Cronyism. <laughs> wow, will they take me? They'll take anyone with a heartbeat and plenty of graft for the Republican Party. That leaves me out. I don't have much money. Well, you might be eligible for the scholarship program. What's that? It's all about who you know, mm. who you're related to, mm. or who you've slept with. I had a one-night stand with Devin Nunes' cousin's nephew. You're in. Wow, that was easy. But I don't know if I'm cut out to be FEMA director. And besides, you already have the job. There's plenty of jobs to choose from at Bryden. 
You can get a degree in vote tampering, homeland security, or if you're good at math, pork doling. No, 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 no. Math was my best subject. Well, then how about Supreme Court justice candidate? You don't need any experience, and it's a lifetime appointment. That sounds good. Are there any openings right now? You bet. They're dropping like flies. Wow. Thanks, Trish. I'll call Bryden today. Tell him the FEMA director sent you. <laughs> the Bryden School of Bureaucracy and Cronyism is not an accredited college, nor is it affiliated with anything moral or liberal, and may cause hypertension, vomiting, and loose stool. The Bryden School of Bureaucracy is not responsible for any checks rerouted through the office of Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> Mission log for the steam submarine Hiroshima. Day 28. Captain Issa Angel in command. Still no discovery of either wreckage or survivors from the missing SS Selkie, led by my dear sister, Captain Rylene Angel, on their foolhardy hunt for that legendary leviathan, the Crimson Dread. Did she ever find that monstrous tentacled beast? Or was her life squandered for a drunken sailor's tall tale? In truth, I do not know which would be the more tragic conclusion. The Crimson Dread by Maggie Lee. Officer entering the observation dome. Second watch, report. Aye, Officer Tam. Johan and Navarre on duty. All clear. Navarre? He's indisposed, ma'am. Seems those tin sardines last night didn't agree with him none. Ah, carry on then. Descending to bridge. Second watch has reported to the observational dome, Mr. Wilcox. Aye, I heard. Sounds like I'll be skipping the fish course this evening. Indeed. How's our position? We've hit the southern edge of the search area again. Shall we be heading back round for another pass, do you reckon? To be perfectly frank, it wouldn't grieve me much to give up this mad goose chase and head back to port. I can't disagree with you, Mr. Wilcox, but it's up to Captain Angel to make that call. Let's hold position until we get our orders. Interval! Rear propulsion to zero, front propulsion 30%. Aye! Rear jets out! Firing front jets! have been a mite touchy as of late. I think there's salt coming up the main gear shaft again. I don't care if it's the gear shaft or your own thick butterfingers. Keep jolting us around like that and your head will be going on my touchy. You hear me? Yes, sir. Crusty old windpack. Hot-headed whippersnapper. Permission to enter, Captain. Yes, come in, Tam. 
rather silly to knock since we're practically living in each other's laps on this sub anyhow. But even the pretense of privacy is a necessary indulgence. Speaking of which, I heard you and Wilcox chatting in the bridge just now. Please forgive our impertinence, Captain. It's been two fortnights, and we've already retraced the search area a number of times, so... It's all right. I'd hoped to keep looking for a few more days, but... It's time to let go of my childish fancies. Set a course for port. I'm sorry, Issa. I know you wanted to find Rylene. Maybe it's better not to know. Now it'll be just like she's always on a journey out there, under the waves, fearless and free, instead of gone forever. I'll inform the crew after the dinner hour, shall I? That sounds fine. Please, close the door behind you. Aye, Captain. Psst! Navarre! What is it, Johan? Did you hear them down there in the captain's quarters? We're going home! Maybe. Orders ain't orders until they say them to our faces. Thank the stars! In a few days, I'll be back on dry land, instead of cooped up in this rusty old tub with you poor bastards, smelling of bed farts and damp socks. The captain was mad to think we could find any trace of her sister's sub. It's a wonder we haven't all gone mad by now. Hush that talk. Keep your eye on the watch. What's the point? Ain't nothing but empty water, same as always. The sea will turn on you, soon as you take your eyes off her. Keep your watch or we'll all be swimming in the belly of the crimson dread. What a load of hogwash. The crimson dread, luring subs with its glowing red eye, tentacles thicker than a stout oak tree, and a gaping maw of barnacle teeth. We've been looking down here for a month now, and the scariest thing I've seen is Kachansky's drawers on laundry day. I saw it once. The crimson dread. You did? Oh, oh, quit pulling my toe. It was my first voyage. I was up in the wee hours peeling the morning's potatoes when I heard this odd sound out there in the water. So I peeked out the rear porthole, and down below in a deep crevasse, I saw... A red glow. Aye, bright as an angry sunset through bitter smoke, and I saw... That terrible eye, staring through you like a guilty knife dripping with heart's blood. Oui, it was just like that. How did you know? Because it's right over there. Off the starboard side! I'll be damned! It's the Crimson Dread! Pull the alarm! Navarre, wait! Maybe we don't have to tell anyone. We could just drift right by and no one would ever be any wiser. What are you talking about? Why? Because no one ever escapes from the Crimson Dread! We can't turn coward now, Johan! You were looking for a little excitement, weren't you? Well, now it's found you! Sound the alarm, damn you! Make a hole! Officer Tam, report! Navar, what's going on up here? We spotted something. Starboard side, down there in the rocks. Bright heavens! It can't be... 
After all this time, the crimson dread. Captain, look there, tangled amongst its tentacles. The fabric is torn, but... Uh, I see it now. It's the flag from the Selkie. You have our regrets, Captain. Wilcox, ready the harpoon cannon! Aye, Captain! Cannon Barry, get that harpoon reloaded! O'Shaughnessy, keep that boiler running hot! We may need to scuttle in a hurry! Aye, sir! Captain! Are you sure you want to do this? That creature is even larger than the legend spoke of. It may be more than we can handle. It doesn't matter. But Captain, this she is not- She can't have died for nothing. We have to stop it. We need to try. I owe my sister that, uh, at the very least. That's an order, Officer Tam. Aye, Captain, I understand. Good. Wilcox, prepare to fire on my command. Aye, Captain. Johan Navar reports the cannon bay. They'll need the extra hands. Aye, Aye Officer Tam. All hells, Navarre. We're gonna die down here, aren't we? Down here in the dark? And we'll never see sunlight again! Never mind that now! We have work to do! All is ready, sir! Stand by to fire and whistle a prayer to whatever gods might be listening! Whistling, sir! On my mark! Three, two, one, fire! Fire! Direct hit! We've hooked that bastard right through its vile red eye. Reel it in and surface! We'll let that horde beast choke its last breath out in the open air! Can't be cranking that line on the devil! Honestly, it goes at its full speed and blow out those ballast tanks! Aye, sir! Surfacing! What's. what's happening? Why are we pulling backward? The creature's too big. It's dragging us into the deep. This is bad. That makes an O'Shaughnessy and that all the juice you've got. Aye, sir. It's on full speed. Captain, we're plunging toward our critical depth, wicked farm. Captain, please, we have to cut the line. No, we mustn't give up. We can't take much more of this. If we go any deeper, the pressure will crack us open like a walnut in a crank vice. We can't let go. We can't. Sir, leaks reported in the engine room. It's pouring in from the walls. Pressure cracks detected in the hull. Full breach is imminent. Issa, listen to me. You have to let it go. You have to let her go. Cut the line, Wilcox. I cut that damn line, Canterbury, now. <laughs> We're rising, Miss Tam. We'll be back at safe depth in a few moments. What's it looking like in there, O'Shaughnessy? The fellow's got a quick patch on the leaks. We might need some help bailing out, but we're stable. Get some of those poor bastards from the cannon bay to help you out if they're still standing. Good work, whippersnapper. Thank you, sir. And you as well. She's gone. She's really gone now. Captain, I'm so sorry, Tam. If it hadn't been for you, we would have all been... Not at all, Captain. I knew you would steer us in the right direction. 
right direction. Then why do I feel so bloody lost? Your orders, Captain Angel. By what? The Yoroshima is still under your command. We await your orders. Yes, yes, of course. Let's head back, Tam. It's time to go home. Aye, Captain. Mr. Wilcox? Aye, Miss Tam. Take us home! Before Maggie Lee in the house. Once again, it is my extreme pleasure to welcome back Cayman Illica. If you live, you learn 
What a lovely way to
Fishing was recorded in front of a live audience at Town Hall Seattle on August 26, 2019. The live show was sound engineered by Luke Carroll, recorded by Brian Moynihan, and this podcast was mixed by Dave Pascal. Like what you hear? Subscribe to the podcast of our show in your favorite podcatcher and leave a review to help others find us. You can also ask Alexa to play Sandbox Radio Live on TuneIn. And stream full episodes, find artist credits, live show information, and learn how to become a sustaining donor of Sandbox Radio at sandboxradio.org. I'm your host, Leslie Law. And on behalf of co-producer Richard Zyman and all of us here at Sandbox Radio, thanks for listening.